Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss philosophy, faith, leadership, nonprofits, and a host of social issues. We want to add value and understanding the dignity and freedom of human beings. For more information, visit the website philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. Hope everybody is having a great Wednesday. We are, uh, what is this? The second week of April and people still hanging out at the house. There are people still uh, working. There are still people doing whatever it is they need to do to make it happen uh, here in a spot. So, Today, I wanted to talk about what I want to call the COVID era of policing, the COVID era of policing. So give me a thumbs up if you are uh, participating. I'd love to hear from you. If you got a question or a comment, uh, go ahead and let me know, and I'll be glad to Uh, Chime in on that uh, as we are moving along. Okay, I had to uh, start over again, but hopefully make some stuff happen. All right, so here we go using this new Facebook Live thing. So I hope you're uh, seeing me. Give me a thumbs up if you're involved. All right, so. What we got going on in Arkansas. So I am reading from uh, the Arkansas Department of Health uh, COVID-19 update numbers. It's from the Arkansas Department of Health. And just want to set the context here. Uh, Coming from Conway, Arkansas, all that good stuff. And uh, so what Arkansas is reporting as of 35 minutes ago Uh, is that there's a total tested for COVID-19, 14,909 persons. That's 14,909 persons. Of those 14,909 persons in the state of Arkansas, 1,077 have tested positive for COVID and 13,832 persons uh, have tested negative. Now, good news, because we always got to give good news as well. All right. Uh, 237 persons uh, have recovered. There have been uh, 18 deaths. Now, what is that in the context of the United States? So, uh, as of 36 minutes ago, uh, the Arkansas Department of Health is reporting. Uh, The cumulative number of cases in the United States is 429,052 persons. Uh, Recoveries, 23,559. Deaths, 14,695. It'd be great if they had put up a negative test on that as well. So uh, as far as Arkansas goes, um, you know, percentage-wise, about 92% of the persons have uh, tested negative. Hey, what's going on, Miss Catherine? Good to hear from you. 
237 have recovered, as I said, 18 deaths. Uh, 1,077 persons have tested positive. So keep those men and women in your uh, thoughts and prayers. Uh, be praying for those doctors and those nurses and those healthcare officials that uh, they continue to use their skills and their knowledge and their resources and their compassion uh, to serve those uh, 1,077 persons right now who tested positive. And let's continue to uh, look out for one another. So looking out for one another in this context of what we're talking about today. So uh, why I wanted to uh, talk about this is so set the stage. So in Avengers, the first Avengers movie, all right, um, Loki, who is the bad guy. Now, Loki is the uh, adopted brother of Thor, okay? And he uh, ends up in Germany, I believe it is. Yep, Germany. And he, you know, is wrecking shop and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, before he meets Captain America and Iron Man and Black Widow, they come to confront him. Uh, these people are at this party and they all have to uh, bow down. And uh, Loki makes this statement. He says, you are made to be ruled, quote unquote. I was like, you're like, whoa, we're like, is that true? Like, I mean, I understand from a theological sense. Yes. Sovereign God of the universe. He rules over us. All right. But the question becomes, um, were we made to be ruled by other men and women. The next thing I want to bring up is this, is is really half a question, half a statement, all right? Is the idea of this is, where do my rights begin and end in relationship to your rights as an individual, all right? So in the United States of America, all right, we have this understanding kind of in the Constitution of the United States. That's this right here. Woo! I keep encouraging y'all to read this. All right. Constitution of the United States that we have natural rights. All right. That our rights do not come from government, but that our rights come from come from God, come from nature. All right. They are already existing in us. And so the right to live the right to own things, the right to essentially pursue happiness. You know, that's how it ends in the Declaration of Independence. And so uh, those are these natural rights we have. And so they, they're codified, if you will, in the Constitution of the United States, right? So you got the right to free speech, uh, the right to practice however you want to practice your religion and the government is not going to impose a specific religion on us. Uh, the right to assemble, uh, the right to a basically a speedy trial, to be uh, a right to not incriminate yourself, uh, a right to move, uh, a right to not be owned by people, black men and women. Y'all know. All right. And so uh, but the question becomes and it's getting tested here right now in the last month or so is where do my rights begin and end in relationship to you? 
Now, what I don't have, I don't have the right to take your life. I can't, you shouldn't murder you, right? That's immoral, that's unethical, and it's illegal, right? I don't have the right to come and take your property, right? I can't go up to your house, jump into your car, put a, anyways, steal your car, okay? I don't have the right to take your car. I don't have the right to take your house. I don't have the right to take the things that you have purchased or the things that have been gifted to you, all right, or passed down to you as a gift or given to you through some type of uh, transactional legal agreeable means, okay? I don't have the right to do that at all. Now, since we live in a society, we agree, right, that, hey, we're going to, like, do these things. And the way that we agree to do these things, we don't agree by, the way these things happen is not by force, all right? So we don't have a monarchy, all right? Uh, So we don't have a king or a queen ruling over us who uh, has the unilateral decision-making power to say it's just going to be this way, right? Uh, We don't uh, have uh, a bunch of, we're not a bunch of serfs, we're not supposed to be, okay? Uh, We uh, are not in a theocracy, okay? We're not that, we're not like... uh, like what you would find like in the Old Testament if you're Christian, all right? Or what you may find like in Saudi Arabia, that could be considered a a theocracy. What we have is a constitutional republic, not a democracy, a constitutional republic, all right? Um, So what we don't have is 51% of the people get to decide for everybody, uh, this is the way it's going to be. What we have is a constitutional republic. We... Uh, elect people, you use electoral college to elect the president. Um, and then those men and women go to Washington, D.C. They do their thing. Uh, then at the state and uh, local level, we have governors and state legislatures and senators and mayors and city council, so on and so forth. My concern is, is that we are creating a culture in which citizens are acting as informants and in some cases receiving compensation by reporting on their neighbors because they are violating some order, executive order, some type of guidance, right, regarding stay at home. Uh, contextually, 42 out of 50, I understand, states have some type of stay-at-home order. My state of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, thumbs up. We don't have one, all right? I'm being quite clear, all right? Uh, so there's some form of stay-at-home f- home order in place. But what this has done, though, this whole stay-at-home thing in relationship to COVID, and if you look, listen to a previous video I did, um, I talked about how this whole COVID thing has really highlighted um, us facing our mortality once again. I think one, because the amount of news that's put out about cases and death, cases and death, and not so much about cases and bouncing out with death and recoveries and negative and, you know, people are continuing on. Uh, but because uh, 
we're facing our mortality and I got it. It's a, what's called a novel uh, virus. Uh, medical persons are trying to get their hands around it to come up with a vaccine and all that. Um, I think this has highlighted our mortality as human beings. Okay. All righty. So what I think has happened is, is that we've created two responses. All right. One is shame. And the other is, well, shoot, the state says we need to do this. So we're going to do this. All right. So what do I mean by shame? All right. Shame. Shame is basically an us versus them mentality. So you've got the us. We're staying indoors. All right. There's this perception that those that are staying indoors are the the morally superior. I'm not saying that you are. It's just giving that perception that those who are are staying indoors are the morally superior, whereas those who are outdoors, who choose to go outdoors, who may choose to take a walk, take a drive, um, just get some fresh air because they've chosen to be indoors. All right. Uh, They are seen as uh, it's being implied that they do not care for the health of other individuals. All right. Those who are operating businesses, it is seen as if those who are operating their businesses because they want to see an income still produced. All right. That they have family at home. All right. That they uh, have their doors still open and they've made some, you know, concessions, you know, maybe drive through or walk up type things or or carry out um, that those persons and those businesses are perceived as not caring for the health of employees and or other persons. Now, my question is, if 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 you're an advocate for staying indoors, then I don't see how you're you're patronizing those businesses. But but still, you have the freedom to do so or not to do so, just like that business or that individual who wants to take a breath has the freedom to go outdoors or the freedom to continue to operate his or her business. Now there's trade-offs, right? Now they may continue to operate their business, but you know, the number of customers that are coming in is obviously going to drop. Okay. Um, and, but there's a trade-off. There's a host of reasons other than just money that people want to operate a business. Now, if you pay attention to social media, you have these memes floating around as well. All right. Um, one of my favorite ones is, quote, when they allow us out, unquote. Who is this they? When they allow us out. And so what's the implication of that statement? If, if there's a group, right, and by implication, what this quote this meme is referring to is when they government allows us out. So I I thought that we were men and women who wanted to be free in America. And I understand a minor saying if mommy and daddy will allow me outside. Right. But speaking specifically to adults like you and myself, 
Who's allowing you to go out? When did you give up your freedom or your human agency to determine when you would go in and out of your house or open the doors of your business? Something to think about. So we're just talking about the COVID era of citizen policing. If you got a question, uh, hey, put it in this comment section uh, using this new uh, streaming thing here on Facebook. So if you got a question, hey, give me a thumbs up. Let me know that you're tracking with me. Give me a hand wave, all that kind of good stuff. Give me a thumbs down. You don't like what I'm saying. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I'll be good. So we're just going to continue on. So another meme that I've seen is... If we would act like kindergartners and do what we are told, we would get out quicker. Yes, Michael, I agree. We're scared of freedom because freedom has a responsibility. Yes, we would act if we would act like kindergartners. And do what we are told, we would get out quicker. So now we move from these memes that say, hey, essentially, Government acts as our mother or father, determining when we move in and out of our house or open our doors. Okay, now we share these memes that uh, diminish who we are as adults and say, hey, just act like a five year old or a 60 year old, a kindergartner. Right. Just do what you're told. And we will get out quicker. Um, What if I took that statement? And applied it to, to some other things that have happened over the last few years. All right. President Trump is your president. I didn't vote for him. But hey, he's your president. Do as you told and support him. Right. Just act like a kindergartner, kindy, a person in kindergarten and support him. Right. Do as you're told. Hey, black man, when that policeman rolls up, do as you're told. Hey, if Eric Gardner would have just did as he told, he would have been alive. If Philando Castile would have been like a kindergartner and did as he was told, he would have been okay. All right. Come on, y'all. Just a question about the past. During 1918 pandemic, similar restrictions were made by health officials. U.S. government houses is different. Um, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm using principle here across time and in regards to the Constitution, um, I would make the argument that the government can't do that. That's I think that's my argument. OK, uh, that the government can't do that. So I don't see it as different. Um, I'm taking the, the the principles that govern that influence this United States of America. And I'm taking the Constitution. That is the law of the land. OK, and I'm interpreting our situation in, in light of this now. Again, I understand as well, this is in the context of people facing their mortality. I understand that. And so when the information is being given to us and we can go to the CDC, uh, it's being played on our radios, it's coming across YouTube channels, um, access to all types of information, it's in newspapers, so on and so forth. And, And this guidance has been given out. I got guidance, right? It is strongly encouraged. Stay six feet away from people. Okay. It is encouraged that you cover your your mouth or face. 
okay, it is encouraged that you stay away from these vulnerable persons and they lay out who these vulnerable persons are, then we as human beings, neighbors to one another, we begin to make shifts in our lives because we're rational human beings with reason who best understand our situations. And if we are given the information and understand the context, then I believe we will make those decisions because we see that time and time again, that when people are in need and we get the information, somehow we as Americans come together freely to to make it happen and to help people. So I'm seeking to apply that that same principle uh, as well. And so if I was back in 1918, okay, um, similar, you know, things could be taken as well. But I'm also careful not to uh, look back on a historical situation and and judge them in that situation. I can only look at the situation I'm in now uh, because I'm living in it. I'm aware of the information that is coming and uh, make a best decision for myself and for my family, right? And then also for the organization that I lead. So one is shame. The second way, uh, consequence of this whole stay at home order, all right, we're going to get into citizen policing, is state level punishment. All righty. So I got a bunch of articles that I've been reading. All right. And I don't even know where to start. Okay. I really don't. So broadly, all right, there's been three types of things that can be done. One is citations. Two is jail time. And three is law enforcement uh, interdiction on assembled groups of 10 or more. So here in Arkansas, it was announced today that the Arkansas State Police would be um, responding to groups of 10 or more. All right. Now, I don't know what's going to happen when they respond. Right. But Arkansas State Police is going to respond to groups of 10 or more. And I think this is in response to what happened to Little Rock this past weekend on Asher when uh, folks were in their cars and, you know, it got a little hot. Some fights broke out. But hey, people was in their cars, literally six feet from each other, and they were out. And the question I asked myself is if the fight didn't break out, there was a fight that broke out because somebody hit another car. I know that for sure. Um, How was that different than the cars that went to Conway Regional and parked outside? I know they prayed for nurses and doctors there. Celebrate you. But they left their house, got in a car and went somewhere. All right. Happened at uh, Conway Baptist as well. So you've got these three different things of cars coming together in a particular area. You know, one was a hangout. All right. It kind of got a little off the rails and got it. Other two were religiously driven. But these were men and women who were exercising their freedom. And I said, the reason that happened is because it's inherent in all of us to be free. It's inherent in us as well to want to assemble with people. It is not natural for men and women to be in isolation. There's another great book right here. Miroslav Volf, Exclusion and Embrace. All right. Uh, Talked with him a couple of times. Uh, He signed my book, all that kind of good stuff. 
All right. And uh, he talks about how exclusion um, and alienations. Um, and alienation is. Is not how human beings were designed. Right. God, my religious folk out there, my Christian folk, he made man and woman. Right. Trinitarian God, let us make man in our image and likeness. Alienation is not natural. It's like, it's, it's not. The, the desire to be with other people is woven in us. And that's, and I'm reading reports, you know, there's, propens- there's possibilities of high levels of suicide and depression and anxiety that's going to come as a unintended consequence of this social distancing. All right. So, yeah, we may extend our lives, but the unintended consequences of what's going to come out of this is the next thing that I think we're going to have to face. So I got off on a rabbit trail. All right. So state local law enforcement. All right. So citations. So Los Angeles, San Diego, Chicago, Washington. Washington's got three tiers. Right. First, if um, a business is operating, they'll go out and say, hey, you need to close down. Second, uh, they'll be given a uh, a fine. Um, and then third, they'll be brought into um, possible incarceration. This is happening in Michigan as well. Uh, you can get jail time in Shelby, Tennessee. So in Shelby, Tennessee, let me go to my link right here. We'll read the headline. So this is... Uh, Headline, Tennessee DA, anyone not following stay-at-home orders will face jail time. So this is April 6, 2020. Uh, the top prosecutor in one Tennessee county has a message. Here, I'm going to put it in the comments section. Don't believe me, read it for yourself. All right. All right. Uh, Shelby County District Attorney General. Amy Wyrick said violating state and local orders will get people jail time and a fine as outlined by state law. Now I got a question, state law. So I'm asking myself, did their legislature meet and vote and pass a law? And then was it signed by the governor? So, Cause she said state law. All right. One person already has pending charges for violating the state and local executive order now switches back to executive order to stay home. Quote, stay at home, stop the spread, follow the law, close quote. It's a clear message, but not everyone is following it during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, She goes on to say the attorney general, what we want people to understand is that when the governor of the state issues an executive order, when both of our mayors issue orders pleading with everyone to stay home, it is serious business, close quote. Wyrick said, it's so serious that not doing it so can get you arrested for a class A misdemeanor. All righty. Los Angeles. Now, my boy, my boy, Garcetti. I felt like Mayor Garcetti was listening to some rap hip hop before he got up to do his uh, address. All right. So I seen this on YouTube. I didn't believe it. I thought it was like somebody, you know, people manipulate videos. Uh, But this is March 31st. Uh, 
I'm going to copy and paste because don't believe me. You can read it yourself. All right. Actually, I think you can even listen to it. All right. So, quote, snitches get rewards. Snitches. Like, is that the legal term? I mean, this is the executive for the city of Los Angeles, and he's using snitches. So I thought he was going to say snitches get stitches, right? Yeah. So this is what he says in this article. Quote, if any non-essential business continue to operate in violation of the stay-at-home order, we're going to act to enforce the safer-at-home order and ensure their compliance. Quote, close quote, he said. All right. And he goes on to say, all right, you know the old expression about snitches and what he's referring to is snitches get stitches. Okay. Uh, Well, in this case, snitches get rewards. Close quote. Garcetti said, open quote. We want to thank you for turning folks in and making sure we are all safe. Close quote. Bruh. So the mayor of Los Angeles, right, a duly elected official, all right, is quoting words from the streets, all right? Snitches get stitches, but snitches can get reward. You can get paid. So if you see your neighbor out somewhere or operating a business, more specifically in this case, right, hey, pick up the phone, make a phone call, hey, Garcetti, such and such is operating. When am I getting paid? This is America. Right now. April. So. And then, uh, like I said, here in Arkansas, law enforcement is going to be interdicting people. Um, if you got a question, hey, hit me up. I'll be trying to answer it and read your comments. Uh, Amber said, I am high risk for being immune compromised from being immune compromised, but I want to keep the freedom to make my own choice to take a risk. Staying home and watching everyday play out is scarier to me than catching it. That's my choice and shouldn't be taken away. I would rather catch it and die than be passive and do nothing while people are in need. I don't want the government to take that choice away from me. Thank you for the comment. So, Let's remind ourselves about the process of law. All right. I'm not talking about an executive order. I'm talking about a law. All right. So a city council or a state legislature, they come together, they hamper things out. All right. They vote. Something gets created as an ordinance or, you know, at the city level or a um, legislation at the state level, right? And then it's the responsibility of the mayor or the governor to execute that legislation, all right? Now, if you or I act contrary to that legislation, then somebody comes in, law enforcement, city law enforcement, county law enforcement, state law enforcement, they say, hey, You've broken the law. Here's your citation, right? Or we got to arrest you, right? You need, if you give me a citation, hey, appear at this court at this time, or, you know, you got to bail yourself out, so on and so forth, or you may not be able to bond yourself out. You're just going to be here until you see the judge, right? And then it's the state. Now, this is interesting. It's the state or the county or the city versus 
Philip Fletcher. Interesting, right? Interesting. That's when I break a law. But if you notice, what they talk about is executive orders. So people lose their lunch about executive orders. Donald Trump uses a executive order. People lose their lunch. When President Obama used uh, executive orders, they lose their lunch. Presidents write executive orders all the time. I don't like them, right? Uh, obviously, governors got executive order stuff. I don't know if mayors do. Uh, if anybody knows, let me know. Um, now, here in the state of Arkansas, I was reading through it yesterday, and you can go, and I'll put the links in. You can look at the Arkansas Constitution and then the Arkansas Code, right? And it lays out um, the responsibilities of the governor. And then in there, it talks about uh, disaster declarations or declarations of emergency. All right. Now, I think the legislature needs to revisit declarations of emergency because it's so broad. Right. And the way it reads, it looks like it's anticipating thunderstorms, you know, natural disaster type things. Uh, what it doesn't address is what we're going through today, right? Now, in there, the governor can take, you know, mobilize state resources and all that kind of stuff to help local uh, municipalities if they get overwhelmed. Like we, like Jonesboro was hit by a tornado last week. And so Governor Asa Hutchinson uh, declared a state of emergency for, um, Uh, Jonesboro, that way resources, state resources and even federal resources, specifically FEMA, could come in and help Jonesboro get back on their feet again because uh, it exceeded the capacity of Jonesboro and more than likely the county in which Jonesboro is in. Okay, so when I'm reading the ACA and regards to uh, emergencies, state emergencies and things like that, it makes sense. Now, in there, it even talks about how the governor could come and and it's envisioning a physical business. Right. And it could use that business to conduct state operations in relationship to that disaster emergency. What it does not say is that the governor can close any business just just because like done closed gyms, done closed uh, hairstyle, so on and so forth. Right now, we can go back and forth on uh, people's interactions. But again, again, people have the freedom to isolate themselves and people have the freedom to continue on. There's trade offs to those things. That's what freedom is about. It's hard to hear, but that's what freedom is about. I'm, 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 I'm going somewhere. Just just be patient with me. All right. So uh, so I anticipate the objection about declarations of emergency. Right. Governor Asa Hudson declares a declaration of emergency, but doesn't mean he gets to do whatever he wants. So I ask you. In your own state, what can your executive do in his or her state as the governor? What can can't he or she do? Do you know? Have you looked it up? I would encourage you to go look it up. Keep these men and women honest. All right, let's take some comments here. 
Question, not opinion. All right. If someone knows they are ill and ignores orders and holds gatherings or does not follow guidelines, do you feel they should be legally accountable? Okay. So this is how I'm going to answer this question. All right. And I'm going to... The baseline. If they should be held legally accountable, then if... I'll, I'll bring some more flesh onto this. So if somebody... Joe invited me to a gathering and he was sick. Okay. And he exposed me to it. And then I became sick. Then I may, I may consider suing him or her. That's between him and me. All right. He had the freedom to host the party. All right. I had the freedom to go or not go to the party. All right. The other thing is this, this whole thing about orders and guidelines. All right. There's a lot of mishy-mashiness going on. We move from recommendations. We move to guidelines. We move to orders, executive orders. We move to laws like the law is what holds one of the things that holds us together as a civilized society. And we as everyday citizens can't just willy nilly pick and choose which laws. Right to uh, obey or not obey because then we face the full force of the state or the city or the county. So at the same time, the governor, the, the legislature, the president, Congress, they have to be held to the same laws, right? And we cannot let, again, our emotions cloud our judgment, all right? Again, Back to Miss Aldridge's uh, question in this state, if some in, in this current climate right now, if somebody invites you to a gathering, all right, you have you need to go through the decision making process with yourself or with your family. Like, hey, should we go? And if people are like, no, I don't want to go. I don't think we should go. Then you stay home and he may just have a party all by himself. And so uh, on one level, people have to take responsibility uh, for them Sales. So I hope that answered your question. Uh, Christian, good to hear from you, sir. Agreed. Philip, I don't like executive orders either. Bush, Obama, Trump. It doesn't matter. I did my own hair swag and it looks like it. All righty. Good. So. This is me editorializing right now. So I believe politicians, not leaders, I believe leaders persuade, all right? Politicians and bureaucrats just force things on us. Leaders persuade, all right? Politicians have chosen in various areas of our nation are encouraging division on the premise of the public good. True story, my nephew lives in San Diego, California, okay? Uh, in San Diego, California. All right. And I'll bring up uh, this article. My my nephew uh, last week who lives in San Diego, California, him and his girlfriend were at their apartment and they were working out outside uh, in their their backyard. And the fence was open, but they were doing workouts and things like that. Um, And people called the police because he was violating being outdoors. 
And the police came. They talked to him. They didn't issue him a citation, but then they left. So my nephew was in the place that he pays rent for to the landlord. And somebody else calls the police on him because he's outside. This is what is called the law of unintended consequences. Okay. That now we're, we're the consequences say, hey, everybody stay at home. Then we push it a little further. Well, it's become a recommendation. Let's push it further. It's a guideline. Let's push it further. Now it's an executive order. Let's push it for- further. Now let's get law enforcement involved. Let's push it for- further. Now you're going to be fine. Let's push it further. Now you are incarcerated. This is America. So it's on this premise of the public good. And so the question is, who's public good? All right. My conception of the public good is different than your conception of the public good. I promise you. What I believe the public good is, is different than your public good. Here is that article uh, from the San Diego Tribune. He's uh, the old stomping grounds here in San Diego. Missed the beach and the beautiful weather. 52 citations issued in San Diego <coughs> over violations of the stay-at-home order. So people are not working. All right? People are getting fines. And then in some cases, jailed. For going outside for exercising their freedom to go outside, just like you have the freedom to stay inside. That's what I'm trying to drive home, that you have the freedom to stay indoors, just like they should have the freedom to stay outdoors if they want to. And so politicians, not leaders, politicians are encouraging division, encouraging people to be snitches and getting paid for it, Encouraging people like in Kansas, they can go online and report businesses. All right. Uh, I had that that link, but it is uh, okay. Oh, here it goes. Minnesota law. All right. Twin cities. All right. They're going to begin citing those violating the stay at home order. This is April 6th. All right. Don't believe me. Read it for yourself. This is America. All right. So questions I have. So what is going to be the impact on our neighbor neighborliness when we comply with government to report on our neighbors who are not destroying lives? By, you know, physically assaulting people or committing acts of physical violence. What is going to be the impact on our neighborliness on the other side of this? When we report our neighbors who are not destroying property or taking property. What is going to be the impact on our neighborliness if we are 
acting like in the words of Garcetti snitches, all right, on our neighbors, on our businesses, our small businesses, right? Look out for the small businesses, right? But now you want to report them. God, I, I went back and forth on using this statement, but I think for strength of my argument, um, I read a lot and I had to dig deep. I'm not going to read the quote. I'm not. I'm not. I'll, I'll just leave it alone. Uh, wisdom took over. Uh, if orders, if orders are what are to be followed and not laws, by duly affected, elected officials, is this the new way of life that we have now? If we are to follow orders and not laws here as private citizens in the United States, what is that going to mean for us moving forward? Because, again, you remember I talked about the public good and my conception of the public good? So, imagine me being your governor, all right? Imagine me being your governor. Imagine me being your governor. And for the public good, all right, and looking out for those whose um, health and welfare is being severely impacted, I made the order, which would be, if not followed, would be punishable by fine, in jail time, if I made the order that everybody's home was to house the homeless. And this is for the public good. That would be my order. For the public good and looking out for a, an affected population of people, I ordered that Homes were to house the homeless. What would be your response? For the public good. Again, remember, my conception of the public good is different than your conception of the public good. As your governor, I signed an executive order to be enforced. that a portion of your groceries were to be given to the hungry. And so how this would work is that as you paid for your groceries at Kroger or Box 10 or Safeway or Sam's or Rouse, that there would be an individual at the door who would take a portion of the groceries that you purchased and set them to another bin, you go about your business. And if you refuse to relinquish those groceries, it's punishable with a fine and or jail time because it's for the public good. Thirdly, as your governor, for the public good, I made the order that there would be a monthly check on each home that had a child to check on the health and welfare of your children. 
and that to refuse this check by my order, you would face fines and or jail time. Again, where do the rights of one begin and end? Do we have natural rights that are existing in all human beings, regardless of where we are? Or do our rights come from a select few who tell us the rights we can have and can't have? Another comment. Uh, Read it. Maybe I will at the end. Uh, Nicole. Thanks, Ray. Uh, Nicole, our neighborliness has already changed. I don't talk to people in public anymore. I move quickly and have lost connection with people. Social media can only do so much. We are being programmed to build walls for quote unquote safety. Unintended consequences are very dangerous. Thank you for your comment, Nicole. So as I am uh, coming to a close, all right, I've got just some few uh, comments. I don't know how it happened, but something has been revealed in us. We are willing to shame, to fine, and if all, incarcerate those who have done nothing wrong. They have done nothing wrong morally. They have done nothing wrong ethically. And I would make the argument they have done nothing wrong legally. Two, you and I both have the right to live in this life. What we are not promised is the right to good health. We're just, we're, we're blessed to have it, but we're not promised, we're, we're not promised that. We're not even promised tomorrow. I'm not even promised the next minute, next second. I'm not. But what we are promised, but the right that we do have from conception, all right, is to live in this life. It is a natural right to move. It is a natural right to assemble. And yes, it is your natural right to be all by your lonesome. But there are trade-offs. There are trade-offs to being in groups of people. There are trade-offs in being alone. There are trade-offs in moving from one location to the next. Now, I'll say this in the end. Because one of the things that has tired me, and I've referenced this, is that because I am bringing these things up does not mean that I do not care for the health and well-being of men and women who get sick. It ain't changed. Like, I care about the health and welfare of all types of persons, regardless of where they come from, what they are experiencing. My decision to go for a run, enjoy the trail that I pay for through my tax dollars, to drive on the roads that I pay with my tax dollars. Um, is not a message that I have no concern 
for persons who are vulnerable. And in fact, those persons who are vulnerable, I could make the rationale would be that those persons are the ones that should stay in the house. But if we look at if we were truly look at this. That those persons who are vulnerable, that they should you know stay in their homes um, and then those of us milling around and continuing on about our lives, we would continue to check on those persons like we do every every other instance that is going on. Um, I don't know what has happened in our minds to have us treat this so differently. Something has happened that we're so captured by fear. And in this fear, and I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist here, that government has taken advantage of that fear and has exerted more control. And again, we have to consider the, I would ask those who uh, are really pushed for staying at home to really, to really check yourself. To, to really, and I say this with all love, to check yourself. Your staying at home does not give you any level of moral superiority. And it does not give you the right to sit in judgment of those who are wanting to continue on with their normal everyday lives, who want to run their business, who want to, you know, see things happen with their kids. Those are things that we uh, should consider. Let me see some of these comments that's come through. And then I'm going to shut her down. Uh, Tanya, excuse me, Marie, you are welcome to come to my yard and we can sit apart but still talk to this last night with a dear teacher friend. Thank you, Tanya. uh, Miss Marie, Tanya, I agree. Nicole Fletcher, Tanya, the social shaming is so hard to deal with. Nicole, we have made people the enemy. People have never been the enemy. Social shaming is out of control. It makes me sad. The heart of people is revealed during stress and pressure. Hmm. Ray Hewitt, I just need people to stop shaming me for going out to purchase my non-essential art supplies instead of spiraling to a severe depressive episode. Hmm. No, I don't want the order of those who are at risk having to stay home either. That's also taking freedom. All right. Tanya, it sounds like folks are fearful of getting sick and or dying. Yes. I've lost the best, closest friend, and I'm still having to keep going. Yes, we all need to keep going and not be afraid of living for fear of dying. Good words, Tanya. Very good words. So I hope uh, nobody has another question or comment. Um, I do got I had an aha moment today. Right. So um, ask yourself, uh, has any aspect of your city state or federal government reduce work? Has your city, county, state, federal institutions 
furloughed or laid off its workers. Those, gov those government institutions told us to close. Have they equally reduced their manpower or woman power also? Why is it that they can continue to go to work and draw a paycheck, which we pay for, because our tax dollars fund them, all right? But we're told to stay at home and close. Something to consider. Something to think about. It's one of those things I said, hey, self, why do they keep going to work, keep drawing checks and, you know, their health insurance and so on and so forth, yet us everyday people whose dollars fund those city, county, state, and local institutions, they keep going to work and earning their checks. I mean, hey, Congress paid itself a whole bunch load of money. Just saying. So those are my thoughts today. I hope y'all learned something. Hope I provoked some thought in y'all. Look up those... Uh, links that I sent you. Okay. Um, stay safe. Stay energized. Do something productive. I'm about to uh, work on my Yoda logo. Lego here. Show you my progress. Ooh, look at that. All right, it's going to be, oh, there it is. It's going to be a big Yoda when I'm done with it. So I'm about to go, uh, Take care of that. And then I'm going to watch this new show. Have y'all seen Jane the Virgin? Like, mind blown. Like, psh, like I've been binge watching that at night. Been pretty, uh, pretty good. Yeah, Jane the Virgin. So it's about this girl, right? She gets like artificially inseminated. But she's still a virgin. Then she has a baby. Like, whoa, right? It's kind of, it's a good show. Very insightful. Uh, very powerful. So, uh, some comments coming through. What we have forgotten is that death is inevitable. Not yet. Only through the schools that I'm aware of. Uh, thank you for your insights. Thank you, Miss Catherine. Uh, Ray, but the government did pass an incentive for their businesses to keep their employees paid. Yes, but now businesses are using it for that. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, the government did, but the government didn't say, hey, we're going to shut down too. So, Yeah. I'll leave that alone. So y'all take care. God bless. My producer is telling me to wrap it up. So I'm going to do that. And I love y'all. Remember to be love, to be kind and to be generous. And remember to live in hope. And we're going to get through this. Y'all take care. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Humanity Matters podcast. For more information, visit the website philipfletcher.org or send us an email at humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. And remember, as always, if we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible. So be love, be kind, and be generous. <laughs>